We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Mile High Insiders with Nick Kendall and Luke Patterson. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos. Now, it's time to find out what's going on behind the walls of UC Health Training Center. Good evening, Broncos country. What's going on? Welcome to Wednesday night. For yours truly, Luke Patterson and Thomas Hall, we're going to chalk it up with you guys. A huge day out in Broncos country, Broncos land, if you're John Elway, whatever you want to call it, in the land of orange and blue. A lot of transactions we're going to get to today. We're going to hear from Coach Sean Payton. Before we do all that, what's up, Tom? How we feeling, bud? Doing good, man. A little disappointed with the uh, the poor showing on mm. Sunday. But you know what? It, it used to really deeply affect me when I was younger because, you know, Broncos were winners. I hate it when they lost, but I'm getting the bad thing is I'm getting used to it now. And it's just oh, that's the problem. You know, it's I'm going to be like a, a Detroit Lions fan or a Cleveland Browns fan or something. You know, it's like, hey, hey, speaking of the Cleveland Browns, who saw that one coming? I know yeah, we were surprised. No we all picked the Broncos, but man, to see what the Browns did to the Bengals, I watched just a hair of the film today. I watched the whole game in its entirety waiting for the Broncos, but I watched just a f- just a couple clips of that Cincinnati Cleveland game. And good Lord, I mean, parody. That's why we love the league. Um, and we were talking before the show, just to let Broncos country have a little peek behind the MHI curtain, if you will. We find ourselves in a very interesting spot in the week when it comes to covering professional football, your Denver Broncos, because we're smack dab in the middle of the week, the work week. The Broncos have already moved on to the Washington commanders, but we necessarily have it. We still would like to wrap Raiders with you, get your guys Raiders reaction. What went wrong in the game? What went right? I see all kinds of reactions as I'm bumping around the mile high city. I'm going to the dentist, talking with people in the waiting room saying, man, what was that? Uh, the sky is falling. They have no chance. Go to Costco. People are saying, man, saw some things that actually looked a little encouraging. That was nice and refreshing. The overall result wasn't, but, I digress. We want to hear from you guys tonight in the live comment section. Let us know how that Raider game went. Have you have you let it go? Because I think that's a big question. And I posted it on my Twitter today at Luke Patterson LP. The good old frozen. Let it go. Let it go. All that crap. (laughs) You truly have to let it go. You've got to put your Elsa 
dress or Elsa pants on, if you will, and move on to the next week because a lot of teams, they're going to carry their problems with them week to week. Some teams, the great teams, the winners, they make adjustments. Well, that's the problem. We don't know if this team is a winner. I, I was, <laughs> I did a little research on all of the starters. Only six of them have been on teams, their collective careers. Only six of them have winning records. The rest have losing mm. records. Do they know how to win? That's the big question, right? Like, can they get those little things that, that need to be done? Can they move past it? Or are they so used to this same old, same old, where we lost again, they're just going to carry that on. That's a huge thing. And it's going to take a while to change that mentality. And I don't know. I don't know how to do it. I mean, it's not, it's ingrained. not, I'll push back against that, that mentality <clears throat> that changes this week with a win. Uh, that's plain and simple. Winning cures all, as you know, Tom, I completely get where you're at. You're tired of getting used to this on a Monday. No more. Are you grouchy on a Monday after a Broncos loss? Neither am I, but Excuse me. I think we saw enough variety from Sean Payton, enough uh, responsibility. Uh, things didn't go right, but it was nice to see a team not give up. It was nice to see the quarterback. Oh, I don't know. Russell Wilson not be the problem of the game. He wasn't the reason that you lost the game, but he certainly wasn't the reason you won the game. And we want to talk Russell Wilson with you here tonight on MHI. Before we do that, we got to get to our guy, David, in his Buckham t-shirt. Absolutely love the support David gives us week in and week out. He's always here before the show starts, as is the rest of Broncos country. So um, David said, good evening, Broncos country. Luke, Tom, Dylan, and Deacon Scott, some very generous support, a $5 super, hashtag Buckham, hashtag MHH for life and Denver Broncos for life. David's still calling his shot, 12 and five. Now, Overreaction on that first game is always tough, right? It's almost worse than overreaction at practice or training camp or false positives tend to reveal themselves a lot in week one, especially when you go back and you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, what they looked like last year, a couple of years ago, Tampa Bay Bucks in week one. You can go on and on and on. But some of the similarities, Tom, were eerie. I mean, the same score from 2022 when the Broncos go up there and lose to Seattle. Uh, I wrote my takeaways piece as you wrote your piece as well over at milehighhuddle.com immediately after the game ended. I mean, some identical stats between the Broncos and the Raiders. 22 total first downs. Each team was 5 for 11 on third down. 10 total penalties. and Two touchdowns scored. Just one of those really close, competitive games. Wanted to ask you this, though, and I wanted to ask David and the rest of Broncos country. Was that game fun to watch? Because I had a good time watching it. I was stressed. I was biting my nails. I was typing. I was writing for milehighhuddle.com. But it was nice to see something different, especially a competitive football game where it wasn't just absolutely boring, nor was it totally incompetent. Yeah, I mean, it was fun for me to watch until, until I saw them change their tactics, right, on offense. They went away from what was working. And as soon as they decided, oh, we're just going to run it every time on first down, I was like, okay, this is this is where it's starting to the tide is starting to turn. Like, be a little bit more creative for crying out loud. And if you look at those, you look at those non-scoring drives. That's what happened. It was run on first down, run on first down, run. It was just it, that's when I started to get a little bit irritating for me because I understand that from a rookie coach or somebody, but Sean Payton is supposed to be the best play caller of the uh, last. 15 years or whatever he was anointed. I can't even remember who said that, but 
I, I was, it was probably me. A little it was bit probably more. me calling him the best thing ever, <laughs> you know, like, and you're right, Tom. I mean, it wasn't good enough. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses for Sean Payton before we get into Sean Payton. How about Michael Ronquillo today, man? Laying down some stars on Wednesday night for MHI. He is an absolute star saying good evening, Thomas and Luke on the mile high insiders. Don't forget Deacon Scott, go Broncos and Buckham. Michael, I was thinking about you today when I was writing keys to victory for the Broncos to beat the Washington commanders because well, Commanders just beat the Cardinals last weekend, and I watched a little bit of Commander film. We'll get into that. Um, but, Michael, thinking about you down there in Arizona, man, hopefully you're having a decent fall. Listen, Sean Payton was away from the game for a year, and it, you couldn't tell. I, I get that it was a loss, but it's not like this guy was swimming in over his head. It's not like he looked like he shouldn't have been there. The moment was too big, nor did it look like the game passed him by. But you're absolutely right. Adjustments. I, I It's shocking when you don't see Sean Payton make adjustments, when when Vance Joseph is struggling to make those adjustments, okay, maybe that's somewhat to be expected. Not like I'm talking about Damari Mathis or anything, but hey, uh, that's what week two is for, right? I'm saying let's give everybody a second chance. Let's give them a week to breathe. Let's see what happens. Sean Payton knows better with some of this. I mean, you talk about running the football. It was just, that was one of my keys. Javante Williams is not made of glass, folks. We need to use this man up. And when you look at the stats, they don't jump off the page, right? Um, I can't even see him here. 50, 13 rushes for 52 yards, averaging four yards a carry. No touchdowns, zero. I think the longest run of the game was 12 yards, and then Samaji Pirines was 11. So it, it's a rough, ineffective running game. It does make me wonder if it was more execution-based rather than the play calls. But again, that comes down to coaching as well. So I, I certainly see why people are frustrated, and I can share your frustration as well. It's been seven games of just total dominance from the Raiders I mean they moved cities Tom and the Broncos haven't beat them since they've been in Las Vegas that's just that leaves a bad taste in your mouth when you remember oh these are the Raiders not those Kansas City Chiefs that have been owning us for even longer in an even worse way that that bothers you and it has a lot of weight to it Listen, we all know it's way more fun to be there live for Denver Broncos football and when you need tickets Ticketmaster's got you covered. As the official marketplace of the Denver Broncos and the NFL, Ticketmaster gives you more ways to find your perfect seat with a wide selection of tickets available for every game. And if your plans change, Ticketmaster gives you more flexibility to sell or transfer your tickets. Plus, mobile tickets make getting in on game day a breeze. And you can even customize your Ticketmaster app to rep your team's colors, that beautiful orange and blue. Find tickets today at Ticketmaster.com slash Denver Broncos. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? 
you need indeed. Well, I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Raiders, like you said, they've been to the playoff once, I think, in that time span, and they're really not a great team. And then to be owned by them, that tells you what the state of affairs are in the Mile High City. And like I said earlier, a lot of those players are still on the team. They've got to get, they've got to move past that hump. And it's doing the little things, man. It's doing the little things right. Like Philip Dorsett catching that ball out of bounds. Mm. Like be aware where you're at. P Ryan, not going for that yard, trying to bounce it out instead of just getting the first down. I mean, these are Troutman too. Troutman yeah, too, our Troutman. guy at tight end. At certain times, I'm thinking, what are you doing, man? Take the yards given to you, and you're not a barn like a barn beater. You're not going to break anyone's ankles out there. You just need to run over and fall forward, try to get a first. Those exactly. mental errors that you're bringing up, they're frustrating. They're even more frustrating, Tom, when they're from veteran players. You're talking about players that aren't used to winning. Justin Simmons comes to mind. Fantastic player. Hasn't won diddly. Here with the Broncos. Uh, Kareem Jackson, same thing. What, you go from Houston and things are a lot better here in Denver? Don't think so. I mean, there's some really boneheaded penalties that we can't ignore. Yep. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, those penalties, I'm tired of the NFL throwing a flag whenever there's a big hit. I, it's like, come on, man. This is a physical game. I can see if they, you know, they lead with their helmets, a defenseless receiver, whatever. Neither one of those hits should have been penalties. It's just an automatic flag. Now, if somebody takes a big hit, especially if it's a receiver or a quarterback, I just, I'm, I'm really tired of that part of the game. I am. No, I am too, but you know what? Isn't that the cost of doing business when you have Kareem Jackson on your team, you look at these guys yeah. and Tom, I don't need to tell you about Broncos history. Cause you could listen to Thomas Hall every Friday morning on legends of mile high. And I don't know something about Broncos safeties being violent and having a physical nature <laughs> and the refs being, you know, looking at them sideways. A lot of times a guy like Steve Atwater, John Lynch, Brian Dawkins. Those are just a few names off the top of my head. I mean, <laughs> Kareem's been fined a lot through his career. So the referees are absolutely going to give the offensive guy the, the upper hand in that situation. He is not going to get the benefit of the doubt. It drives me absolutely crazy. Just like I'm driving Troy crazy and Tom <laughs> crazy because I've been trying to get to Troy's question and comment here, but I just can't get out of my own way. Saying, hey, guys, over last week, I'm over it. The biggest concern was addressed. Russell Wilson is going to be much better. Get a pass rush. And we're fine. Have a great show. Thank you, Troy. Yeah, thank you. That was awesome. Thanks for the support. You, he's right. It. He's right, man. A Wilson. little louder for the people in the back, Tom. Troy, say it again. Say that one more time, Tom, please, for the people in the back. I'm he's not sure right. what you're talking about. Thank you for the he's support. He's right. <laughs> Russell Wilson is getting better. That's what I'm talking about. No, he didn't yeah. look like he didn't look like an all-star out there, but it was nice to see that he's not the problem. I wrote about it at milehighhuddle.com. I said, can the real Russell Wilson please stand up? Because I think we're starting to see it. Or maybe it's a false positive. He looked comfortable, Tom, making off-platform plays. He looked like he was having fun. He was prepared, and he was confident. It was less of Russell Wilson, the rock star, and more of Russell Wilson, the football player. Yeah, I, I thought he looked a lot better, especially in the first half. Second half, they got very few chances, really. And like I said, a lot of the, the, the non-scoring drives wasn't pass. It was run on first down, whatever. We got to move past it, right? But I will say this about Russell Wilson and that offense. They should have continued to go to Cortland Sutton. He was having a pretty good day, and I think they've got a pretty good connection. But then all of a sudden, it was like, oh, we're, we're done throwing to Cortland Sutton for some reason. So... I, I want to see that in the next game where they actually go to him a little bit more 
because I liked what was going on between Russell Wilson and Cortland Sutton on Sunday. So there are, there are some things that you can, that you can uh, take away that you're happy with. And that being one of them should make Broncos country a little more happy, right? A little happier that, that Russell Wilson looks like Russell Wilson, not like what we saw last year. I'm more of a negative Nelly and you are very optimistic and, and that's why this works, Tom. That's why, you know, <laughs> your my, my marriage and my podcast works, my marriage works because you, we have to look for our opposite and I can't believe I'm this optimistic after a loss to see yeah. the Broncos score an opening drive. When's the last time that happened? Now it took a while. It was uglier than hell. 14 plays, 86 yards. I think it took almost eight minutes and 45 seconds uh, for a five-yard touchdown pass to little Jordan Humphrey. We're going to be talking about in just a second. And then again, you mentioned Cortland Sutton, another five-yard touchdown pass. How about that, huh? Can we be thankful for a couple touchdown passes? I know it wasn't good <laughs> enough. It wasn't good enough. You need more of them, right? And you need the play calls to be more dynamic. You need players to be better. Coaches need to make adjustments. But for crying out loud, when you are so thirsty in the desert, just looking for a sip of water, the tiniest of drops can make you feel a lot better. And speaking yep. of feeling a lot better, our guy Stu McPeak is in the house, man. Thank you so much for joining us, Stu. Stu's been one of the diehards with us for years here at MHI and MHH. A huge, generous 1999 Super, Stu. Can't thank you enough. I love my Broncos. No matter what, I have faith in Sean Payton. Just not, just might not be able to fix everything in the first year. I do see a few adjustments they can make to really help the team win. Number one, you need a pass rush. Stu, I could not have said it better myself. No pass rush. Stu's right, Tom. What'd you make of that? Zero sacks, three quarterback hits to Jimmy Garoppolo, and that's why Jimmy Garoppolo was ranked sixth right behind Russell Wilson in terms of total QBR rating this week. Atrocious, unacceptable. It made me sick, just like Stu said. Especially after Vance Joseph was uh, talking about how it's the best pass rush he's seen one through six in his career. I'm like, okay, and then you go out and you lay a goose egg like that. I mean, that was, <laughs> I'm sorry, that Enough, was pathetic. Buddy. That was pathetic. They're paying Randy Gregory 50-odd million dollars to come in. He was he was a no-show. Zach Jonathan Allen? Cooper. Now, I'll tell you the one thing that I did like about the edge rushers before I continue to, you know, lament about the pass rush. They needed to set the edge in the run game, and they did for the most part. There were a couple of hiccups, but they did, and that's what really helped contain Josh Jacobs. So that was good, especially with Jonathan Cooper, because you didn't know if he was going to be able to do that or not for sure, and he did fairly well. But the lack of pass rush, I mean, Garoppolo had all day to throw back there. So you wonder why they had these long drives. Well, sacks will stop drives. It just will. I did analytics on it. We looked at 10 years' worth of data, 4%. Of the drives, if there's a sack on the drive, only 4% score points. If you cannot get to the quarterback, wow. they are going to move the ball, plain and simple. It is an offense-driven league. And case they in point, do it. Case in point for you, Tom, right there. I mean, talking about sacks and talking about turnovers as well. Washington commander quarterback Sam Howell was sacked six times last week. One of those was a fumble that was scooped and scored for a touchdown from the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, those are the plays that win games for teams in these quick margins, these close margins, right? A PAT is missed. 
okay, that this game is not on Will Lutz. I'll say that I was disappointed. It is not the way you want to start your career, especially after your coach just brought you here via trade. Uh, I love the accountability factor. I don't think Will Lutz is the problem. Now he needs to go out there and fix things and fix them quick. But there were totally so many other plays in that game that could either win or lose you the game. But like you said, Tom, I mean, you said it best. Unacceptable not getting to the quarterback. Jimmy G looked like a world beater out there. And the, the tough thing about it, too, I mean, you look at it, Demonte Adams didn't have a fantastic day. So what adjustment are we going to make, Vance Joseph, when the same receiver in Reynolds just continues to burn your guy, Damari Matt? Can we get him some help? Because I see that, too. Damari's washed. Damari can't play. I thought you guys said Damari looked good in training camp. He did look good in training camp. I think he's a good, young, solid player. He's got a lot of growing to do. They can't all be PS, too. But for crying out loud, we have two of the most veteran safeties in all of the NFL. Can we give him a little help, Tom? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm I am just not sold on Vance Joseph, and that game made it even worse for me. I just I there it, there was so many mistakes that the defense made really, <laughs> and I'm I'm gonna tell you what you 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 heard me. I I talked about it to you after the uh, during the game or after the game. I was like, hey, I nailed it on uh, on Orange and Blue yeah. View on the pregame. I said Damari Mathis. I mean, you could say yes. We got to stop Josh Jacobs. We got to stop Demarius. That, that obviously, I said Damari Mathis versus Jacoby Myers is going to be a key to this game. If Damari Mathis can't step up, it's going to be a long, tough day for the Broncos, and that is exactly Myers. what happened. If I can see it, why is it Vance Joseph noticing it? Like, how is he? He's getting paid a heck of a lot more money to Dude. look at games than I am. Like, come on. He was targeted 10 times, nine receptions for what, like yeah. 80 yards and two tutties? I mean, come on, Vance. And here's the thing. I'm not willing to say that Vance Joseph's garbage needs to be fired after one game. Everyone on this town, everyone was on record of being like, really? Wah, 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 yeah. when he got hired, right? I mean, nobody was, oh, Vance is back. Tom, are you ready? Aren't you so excited to see VJ? Nobody. <laughs> nobody. That doesn't mean I don't think he can have success, but good Lord. Your DBs, one of them was struggling, and you won't make the adjustment. Uh, there was some decent defense that was being played. However, it just didn't feel like there were adjustments across the board, whether that be offense, defense, special teams, I feel like was improved at least in some aspects. It was nice to see Marvin Mims. He almost broke one, Tom. He almost yeah. broke one. We, I think that was brought up on the show last week. Somebody typed in last minute. How about Marvin Mims having a big game? He ultimately got 17 snaps, two receptions for nine yards. He made his rookie debut, uh, but, but get ready for this cat to break one. It's going to be interesting this week against Washington because their punter is is left-handed, left-footed, if you will. So the ball is going to be spinning a little bit different. Something to watch for with Marvin Mims against the Washington Commanders. Am I saying meow coming in here with a $5 super? Thank you for joining Thomas Hall, Scott Kennedy, and yours truly on MHI. I just saw that only six teams in the AFC won. If the Denver Broncos can figure out how to win those close games, I think nine or ten, ten wins gets them in the playoffs i'm right there with you meow i i we both are right there with you if memory serves tom did we both yep. called 10 and 7 on this show a week ago and i'm not backing down from that i'm still going to keep it i had the raiders game as a win i think everybody at mile high huddle did i, I didn't have to go back and look because i was in such a bad mood by the time that article was written <laughs> but um i think meow is exactly right the afc 
is loaded with talent. It was just week one, but anything's possible. I mean, good Lord, that Jets game, Jets bills. And we'll talk about grass, the fake grass versus natural grass, Aaron Rodgers. What are the Jets going to do? If somebody wants to talk about it, I'm sure we'll, we'll let feelings be known, but, uh, Man, weird things happen in the in the league, Tom. Weird things happen, and they don't always appear to be what we think they are on paper. Well, the cream rises to the top in November, December. I've been saying that you don't win the, the Macho Super Bowl Man, in Thomas September. Hall. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you don't say it in the Macho Man's voice. You know, I got to hear that. Maybe we need a T-shirt for Thomas the Macho Man Hall. Uh, no, you're right. You don't want to peak too early, Tom. That makes a hundred percent sense. But the the problem is, is the opportunity was there for the Broncos to get a step up on the Chiefs. They're not going to be down forever. They had a bad game. You know they're going to win a lot more games this year unless for some reason they've turned bad all of a sudden. So you that's the disappointing part is they really needed that win. So now they're going to have to do it a little bit harder, and uh, we'll see. We'll I, I'm interested to see what happens in Washington because or happens here against Washington because if they lay another egg, against the commanders, then this team is not going to, not going to challenge for the playoffs. Playoffs. We're already talking playoffs in week two. Why? Because the expectations are, are to win now in this city. Sean Payton gets it. I mean, he even talked about it and I like that. I like a lot. We talk about what an arrogant SOB is. I think he's been eating a lot of humble pie the last few days myself, based on what he's been spitting into the microphone. Uh, I'm talking about it starts with us as coaches. We need to make those adjustments. He's not throwing guys under the bus. He's holding them accountable. He's ready to move forward. And I get that everyone loves that onside kick, but I only love it if it works. It was nice to see something different. So, I mean, I'll go with that. That's like saying there's silver linings in the losses. No, there are no silver linings, but it's nice to see something different. It's nice to see what we think are signs. Um, we'll have more of an idea when we see this team take on Washington here in Denver this Sunday afternoon. GLP, Gary Leeds Palmer coming in with a huge, generous 999. Thank you so much, Gary. Hopefully fall is going well for you and yours. Hey, guys, I was actually encouraged to hear Sean Payton say that he wasn't happy about some of the decisions that he made. Go Broncos and Buck. Yeah, that's it's good to take accountability. And I'm I'm actually I don't want to sound too negative. I've been I'm a little bit I, I, I dug into a little bit of stuff that ticked me off. But there is also the thing that you can look at is if they fixed a few little things, they would have beat the crap out of the Raiders. They really would have. If that wasn't Philip Dorsett out there stepping out of bounds, if it was Jerry Judy catching that ball, he's probably in bounds and probably scores. You know, little things like that that make a difference. Like that's a touchdown probably if it's Jerry Judy or very close to one. Instead, it got, you know, it was a, it was a first down and and that, or I mean, it was an incomplete pass and they had to work for the first down the hard way. But um I think there's little things that can change, but the one thing that has to change, if this team is going to methodically go down the field, like they do the, the quick passes, maybe not a lot of yards after the catch running heavy, the defense has to give them more opportunities. They have to. And that was the problem. They didn't get the extra opportunities. That interception in the end zone was great. It stopped that drive it stopped that score but it didn't really set them up for uh, in another score. They had to go all the way back down the field, just like from a punt. And that that's what, where they have to, do, if that's going to be the offensive game plan, then the defense has to do their part. And I, I, I just, and again, I'm just not sold yet on, on Vance Joseph, putting him in the right position to do that. And where was Drew gonna, Sanders? 
Andrew Sanders. Yeah, I hear you, man. He was. I'll tell you where he was. He was with the rest of the pass rushers. We know he's got a pass rushing package, right? I know he's an inside linebacker. They were all on the back of a milk carton. Uh, they were MIA, missing in action. And yep. if you allow Sam Howell to tear you up this week in his third career start, folks, whew, Nas, you're going to be feeling a lot sicker, buddy. I assure you. It was a busy day here in Broncos country. Thank you guys for tuning in to MHI as Thomas, Scott, and yours truly continue to rock with you through the MHI night. Jasmine, what's up? Good friend of the show out there in the ATL with Scott. Uh, hope all is well with you and yours. I saw Scott speak, thinking of you today and the rest of those dirty birds. Um, do you see they're doing like that animated game? For the coverage this week, I forget who the Falcons are playing, but they're going to have like a separate cast where it's based off of Toy Story, like Andy's room, <laughs> and they're going to be having toys. I, right. It's always something like Nickelodeon. It's all, you know, like they're always doing some sort of silliness. They're playing the Packers. OK, so Packers, Falcons, and it's going to be some weird thing. You guys will see it. And remember, you heard it first here on MHI. Let's get into some of the news of the day, Tom. It's a busy day out here in Broncos country. I've said it about five times, and I've been teasing it, and people are like, why? What the hell happened? A uh, few different transactions today. Obviously, the big one coming out of that game is we finish up our Raiders leftovers. Caden Stearns, man. Caden Stearns, that, that, that's tough to hear. Um, and then there were a few other transactions. Let's hear from head coach Sean Payton. Quick. The only roster move to report, um, Caden Stearns. Went to reserve injured and LJ, little Jordan Humphrey, we moved up to the active roster. So from a transaction standpoint, um, that's the only thing. Any questions? With, with Greg, the fact that he's had hamstring injuries before, does that change how you approach it or do you just, just treat it the way it is? Well, I, I mean, I think each one's different. Um, shoot, we're three days removed from it. He felt better today. Um, we treat it and, you know, just like we did with Jerry, um, Bo and his staff will do a great job of, uh, you know, going through the correct rehab, all the things necessary. Was Jerry close to going last week? I saw you down on the was. With him. Listen, and I get it sometimes, you guys, when I say game day, but he was a game day decision. And uh, hamstrings are tricky, though. You know, the idea of possibly getting set back Two or three more weeks, um, but he was close. Um, we actually had a, a workout pregame, you know, to go through it and made our decision off that. Boom, there it is. Head co Broncos head coach Sean Payton providing some news of the day, rather, and news of the week. Caden Stearns, head on over to IR. Uh, that's a patella tendon, the left knee. That's probably a season-ending injury. You got little Jordan Humphrey. Some guy that used to play with Sean Payton for the Saints, same guy that scored the first touchdown of the season on the first opening drive that took almost nine minutes. Yeah, that guy, you want him against the Commanders. He was called up from the practice squad today, obviously. And uh, the Broncos also signed Michael Bandy to the practice squad, and they held some tryouts, right? Wide receivers and tight ends were trying out today down there at Centura Health Training Center. Jerry Judy was officially listed as limited with those hamstring or that hamstring injury, rather. Frank Clark listed as limited as well with a hip. Um, you also had DJ Jones limited with a knee. Riley Moss recovering from that uh, hernia surgery limited with an abdomen. And Greg Dulcich, right? Another big one in addition to Caden Stearns. He did not practice. He's dealing with a hamstring issue also. Hamstrings in the Denver Broncos, Tom. They go together like peanut butter and jelly. 
Yeah, it's a bummer, man. I mean, Dulcich could have helped the team out. Uh, lost due to injury, unfortunately. Uh, it's a it's a bummer, but I'm I'm looking forward to what Nate Adkins can do. I like Nate Ad- Nate Adkins. I thought he was a, a good ball player, so we'll see if he can step up and and take some of that uh, responsibility on. And you know, the the bad thing about calling little Jordan hum- Humphrey up is it, I didn't think it was going to be after week one, and usually I figured it would be after somebody <laughs> got injured. And of course, right. it happened in week one, and that's why they called him up. He was just waiting to get called up. Uh, you know, officially. So I, I like him. I think it's good, but you know, they, they need to, they need to feed Caden Ke- or uh, Cortland Sutton this, this game. Uh, yeah, I don't care who it is. I love it. Welcome to Broncos country, man. I wasn't thrilled with little Jordan Humphrey in training camp. I thought he looked good. I wasn't totally shocked when he didn't make the roster right away, but then you're looking at the depth chart during week one. You're like, you guys got to call a couple guys up. Who are they going to be? And you look yep. at the practice squad and you kind of figure out the uh, roster Olympics of the NFL. And you're getting some signs of them early, at least right now with this Denver Broncos squad. I loved it. You need dogs on this team. You don't have enough of them. And it's so funny because just like we were all down on the Vance Joseph pick uh, as defensive coordinator, none of us were through the moon when Marvin Mims got drafted this last spring either. Uh, what the hell are you drafting a wide receiver for? You got all these other wide receivers. Well, Tim Patrick, we know what happened there. Season-ending injury. K.J. Hamler visiting with other teams, been released due to that non-football-related injury-slash-illness with his heart condition. Uh, Then you've got guys like Jerry Judy right now, who's limited in practice. Greg Dulcich now out with a hamstring injury. I mean, so hindsight being 20-20 all the time, you do feel good a little bit to see some new guys have some new impact. Speaking of impact, our guy Keith. What's up, Keith? Hopefully you're doing well, man. A, a personal friend and a friend of the show. Fantastic to see you both, Thomas and Luke. Could you guys rank the AFC West after only one game? I'm going to give you a political answer here, Keith, because there was only one game in the AFC West. I know what you're trying to say. How are the, How do the Broncos stack up? Right to the Raiders that beat them, the the Chiefs and and their nonsense against the Lions, and then those damn Chargers, Tom. Those damn Chargers lost a close one, right to Miami. We all know what Tua did to that team. That's tough for me right now, man. I, I'm not going to put them at the top because I think Kansas City still deserves it. Unfortunately, the Raiders are right there too. Uh, they're at the bottom for me, Keith. Dare I say? Now that doesn't mean anything. It's Week One, man. Things are going to change. Divisional games are right down the the corner here, and I think you're going to be happy with what you see here in week two. Yeah, I mean, it's the Chiefs, and then it's probably the Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. I I know the Raiders beat them, but I still, I'm not, I don't believe in the Raiders. I I just think that McDaniels is uh, created a mess there that, you know, they got up for the one game against the Broncos, and then they're going to fall back to earth pretty soon. That's my feeling. But yeah, I mean, the chiefs are on top until they're knocked off. And from what I saw with the Broncos on uh, Sunday, they're not due to knock them off anytime soon. Yeah. And uh, Michael Ronquillo uh, coming back in saying KJ Hamler visited with the Colts. 100%. Michael's always on it. Um, William, obviously we're talking Jerry Judy a little bit, right? We just heard from coach. How surprised were you when coach said we actually worked him out last Sunday, we had a whole routine and everything. I was surprised to hear that because I mean, I get it. The overreaction when these receivers get hurt, it's there and it's warranted, right? Especially with Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Demaryius Thomas, even God rest his soul. I mean, he, he was a banged up guy and you needed those dogs out there. 
Yep. And it's when you don't have a man, it's tough. Jerry Judy limited today. You see it on Twitter. He's been talking with some reporters. He's not saying whether or not he's willing to go full bore. But I feel like secretly something's brewing over there at Centura Health Training Center. I would not be shocked if Jerry Judy played this weekend one way or the other. I wouldn't either. I mean, it's it. I was shocked. It, I, I tweeted it out, too. It's like. It seems like they're always getting hurt, but this year they heal faster. We got Javante Williams back earlier. Jerry Judy's back way before I anticipated. I thought they would end, even may even put him on short-term injured reserve because it seemed like a pretty nasty injury. But I'm I I hope he's back because they need all the playmakers they can get. Right, the Commanders have. A, I'm not sleeping on the Commanders. They have a stout defense. They've got a great pass defense. They've got some really, really athletic defensive linemen, and they can they can cause trouble on that offense. So uh, I'm not going to sleep on them. They need all the playmakers they can get. They need Mims. They need Judy. They need Sutton out there, uh, you know, getting yards after the catch, working hard, getting those extra yards because it's going to be a battle. Um, and the defense better be ready to, to give the offense a couple more opportunities, the Broncos defense. Yeah, you, you've got to clean up a lot of this stuff here. And I wanted to get to our guy, String Guy. I saw this in here because Broncos country is still talking about this, and it shocks me. They could have used Albert Okuwebunon back. Uh, that's coming from our guy, String Guy, man. Thank you for all the support. Thank you for tuning in to MHI. Really? They needed Albert Okuwebunon? I don't even – did he play this last weekend? I'm trying to pull his stats up on Pro Football Reference right now. I don't see – he took a single snap. So while I understand you're looking for playmakers and – um, especially with Greg Dulcich going down, do you wish you had him? I guess. Um, I like Adam Troutman a lot. Chris Manhurts is a blocking tight end, obviously. You just talked about Nate Atkins. We're not talking about the fullback, Michael Burton, who can catch passes as well. Look at what they're doing with running backs. Running backs are going to be heavily involved. We've been screaming it, Thomas and I both, in the passing game since training camp, and they're not fun. They're little dink and dunks, but uh, Samaji Pirine, welcome to the Broncos. I mean, four targets, four receptions, 37 yards, and that's in addition to the 41 yards that he put on the ground. I've been telling people for a long time Samaji Piran fits right in with Broncos country he's a blue collar guy he doesn't like a lot of attention he goes about his business and he's a worker and I think we saw just a preview of what this man can do now Scott coming in real quick saying Alberto was inactive against the Patriots so uh they didn't need Alberto <laughs> to that point string guy I hear what you're saying man you you definitely need playmakers and now Broncos country is wondering Tom do you go out and you add a tight end that's out there, right? A lot of folks are like, who's on the market for, for tight ends? And I think I kind of roll with what I have right now, if I'm being honest. Yeah. yeah. It, it, the thing with Alberto is funny. It's like, yeah, they, they, they pine away for these guys that aren't that great. You know, I, I get he can make, he can catch balls, but I, I was watching on Twitter, Twitter where they were talking about, they were pining, Broncos were pining for a practice squad player from the Raiders that used to be on the Broncos team, Moody, like, come on, let oh, it go. Natani Moody. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, let it enough, go. Enough, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, he's a practice let squad on the Raiders, and we're like, oh, we wish we had him. No. If you want someone that can catch passes, call up Kroll from the practice squad. The guy can ca catch passes. He showed right. just as good out in preseason against the same type of level of players as Albert O did. Go out there, get him. I, I get it. In that game, Yes, when Dulcich went down, they could have used him against the Raiders. The problem is, is he would have been inactive and he wouldn't have been able to get on the field anyway. So what's the point? Uh, There's now something that you're, going on. 
I mean, the NFL knows something, right? These guys that are either on rosters, not on rosters, on practice squads or not. I mean, we think we know better being in the media, being analysts, being fans. We always know better, right? But I mean, uh, just chatting with Scott in the private chat here. I mean, look, the season started like it's you can find a little talent out there, but these rosters are pretty much locked in. Now, that's not to say a blockbuster trade couldn't come down, but the Broncos have been in on blockbuster trades the last two years. I think they're willing to cool their jets a little bit, unless it's something a little bit more reasonable. Um, Phil McLaughlin, speaking of reasonable, always reasonable with his support, his love, and most of his takes here on MHI. Good evening, Luke Thomas and Deacon Scott. Three takeaways from this game. Kicking killed us. That's number one. Two penalties. And three, VJ has to find a way to scheme in a rush. Hashtag Buckham, hashtag MHH for life. Phil, thank you so much for the support, man. I'm sure you're frustrated just like the rest of us, but I think you're going to see things turn around. It may not be the style that we want them to be, right? We all want them to be blowout wins, but hell, I'm just looking for a win, Tom. How about that? I don't care. You know, I said it last week too, right? When all Fast and the Furious Vin Diesel, I don't care if it's an inch or a mile, winning's winning. I mean, it really is. It You don't carry around your record and this is how we won this game guys so we're better off for that no not at all this team needs to earn w's especially at home that's the big one i think folks are pissed off about especially being a colorado native man there used to be so much pride like you talked about in broncos football but especially playing a home game that crowd was into it tom i mean there hasn't been life like that in that stadium for years. And it's absolutely the new ownership. It's the upgrades to the stadium. It's Sean Payton. It's Russell Wilson. Broncos country has a lot to be excited about, but they're tired of getting burned. Yeah. It, I mean, it's true. There, there's still is things to be excited about, right? I, I know that they lost. It's, it's tough, but it's not just scheming a pass rush. It's, it's the pass rushers themselves need to get to the freaking quarterback. I'm sorry. That's your job. And it, it, you, you, if you're Randy Gregory and you're you're supposed to be one of the hot free agent tickets that you got last year, you should be getting to the quarterback, not having to have Vance Joseph scheme you a way to get to the quarterback. Do your freaking job and get to the quarterback. That's, I mean, I, I, I hated that pick or that free agent signing when it happened, and I'm hating it right now because it look he was he he had very little impact on the game whatsoever. You don't pay somebody $50 million to come in as an edge rusher and have no impact against your bitter rival. So, yes, if they have to scheme some pass rush, then this is going to be a long season. Those edge rushers got to get to it. Now, it could be that they really were focused on the run, and they're like, take that responsibility first. Then, if it's a pass, get after it. Maybe, I don't know, making excuses for them. But uh, they they need to get after the quarterback, plain and simple. It's a passing league, and they've got to get after the quarterback. That's all there is to it. And they they can't they cannot go into they cannot face the commanders and and not pressure how. If they don't get any pressure on him and they don't get him sacked and the Broncos let him look like Garoppolo did, oh my gosh, the people are going to be freaking out. Me and Luke's. Me, me too. Uh, stay tuned guys, the milehighhuddle.com. I've got my keys to victory dropping tomorrow and a lot of them very in sync with what Thomas, that little sermon he just gave. Sam Howell, got to put him on his back. Just a little preview, that's definitely in there. Uh, something about one Bron- Broncos rookie 
that can literally win the game for him. That's in there as well. And then one offensive player for Washington that the Broncos have to have prioritized to be shut down. That article is going to be dropping tomorrow over on milehighhuddle.com. Let's get to Angel here. Uh, is it just me or did the Broncos offense look conservative? Uh, yeah, conservative, I guess. I, I would rather say ineffective. How about that? They they had some good drives where they were able to move the chains, but it didn't feel like that there was a lot of risk-taking involved. And I, Sean Payton, I think, has owned that a little bit this week, Angel, and, and said, you know, I, I have to call better plays. When I look back at what I just did as a play caller, shake my head a little bit. And I'm thinking, yeah, coach gets it. He knows. He knows what he left out there on the field. And when you have a coach that, is accepting it and using accountability as a strength and as a tool instead of hiding behind weaknesses, fears, and insecurities. That's a breath of fresh air around here. I'm so sick of the excuses and we're not making them on this show. We're just calling it like we see it. The Broncos did not do enough good things to win that football game, period. They didn't get screwed by Kareem now Kareem Jackson in that hit. Don't get me wrong. I thought he led with the shoulder. I didn't like the flag either, but that is not what lost them the game. Russell Wilson is not what lost them the game. I'll even go as far to say Will Lutz missing that PAT is not what lost them the game because right in an ideal perfect scenario, which this world is, he makes that PAT. They're tied going to overtime. Maybe who knows what happens. It's a game of coulda, shoulda, woulda, but I definitely see why people are so uh, fired up and frustrated because it was a big letdown, especially at home. You cannot let the Washington Commanders come in here and, and go 2-0 on their season and beat you. You go 0-2 to start this year. It's a very different MHI next Wednesday night, yeah. folks. I'm not going to be sitting here telling you, oh, well, that was different, so that feels nice. Not at all. This is one of those must-win games for the Denver Broncos, it, it, and I don't care how they do it, Tom. It could be by a field goal, and I'd be thrilled. Yeah. You know, <laughs> winning ugly is better than losing pretty. I'm going to go back to that comment, though. Do you think that the team would have looked conservative had those short passes turned into long games because the offensive player was able to get some yards after the catch? I'm going to tell you right now, the the defense of the Raiders dictated that short passing game. There wasn't a lot of deep opportunities. Yeah, you can do it a couple times. But from my mind, what really happened is the Raiders tackled extremely well. They, they were... Johnny on the spot, so to speak, when that pass was caught and nobody could shake off the tackle. Almost it happened often. So you got to give kudos to the tackling, but it wouldn't have looked conservative if they would have thrown a 10 yard pass that went for 25 after or a 20. You know what I mean? So the, the, the defense dictated it. Yeah, they probably could have taken a couple more deep shots, but that was the that was the game plan. The problem was they went away from it. You that's that was the problem. They went away from it. Uh, the what was effective, and that's what cost them the game. Well, and I hate the argument of let's just throw deep shots. Why are you trying to score? Or are you trying to throw deep shots? Because there's a difference. Are you trying to get a first down? Are you trying to get field position? What are we trying to do? I need a little bit more context because, oh, I don't know. Some of us actually chart the plays every single game multiple times. So I hate that argument. I understand the principle of it, but um. The big thing for me when I hear go deep down the field, I think of flags. Let's get some flags on the defense, right? The defense is always getting dogged. The refs are always killing these deep, poor DBs. God rest any kid or God rest. God forbid any kid wants to be a corner in the NFL. Get used to being flagged. It's one of the hardest positions I think you could play out there. Um, sometimes you just got to throw those up there, Russ. You need to move the ball. You need to have a little bit more 
understanding and situational awareness. But again, folks, it's week one. It's not like Russ was swimming. It's not like he was drowning. Uh, Todd's exactly right. Ten penalties hurt. We talked about that. Speaking of missed tackles, Scott just weighing in here. The Raiders missed five missed tackles. The Broncos missed eight. And um, that's probably being many, generous. I'd like to know how many of those were on a reception versus a run because they've missed some tackles on a run. I'd like to see the breakdown because it seemed like those catches, those short catches were were dead in the tracks when I was watching that game. Of course, I didn't count every one. Here's but. the here's the flip side to that. How precise were the throws? Accurate. That's right. Yeah. On time. Now Russ had a, had a had some almost a big foobar, right? If that was a fumble on that way, and yep. and it got called back because of the penalty. But um, look, it's Russ took care of the ball, folks, and I, I didn't win him the game. He needs to take more risks. But I do say this: if Russell Wilson takes takes more risks, are you prepared to live? with a potential turnover because that's probably going to happen. It happens all year, every game. We just watched Josh Allen, man. I can't, I can't defend Josh anymore, man. And he's my guy. You know, I'm, I'm all about the CU buffs. Let's beat those CSU Rams this weekend. I'm all about my Wyoming Cowboys who have a big game against t- Texas Longhorns who just dethroned Bama. Um, so I'm all about our local guys here. Right. But I cannot defend that boneheaded throw from Josh Allen and some of these decisions that these quarterbacks make. And Russ is going to be one of them this year because when you take those big chances, they're not always going to pay off. So the same folks that are out there, oh, you guys need to go deep. Russ needs to throw it deep. Are you going to be okay when Russ throws a pick deep? Because it's going to happen this year. So you got to be willing to live and die by the sword, so to speak. You can't be reckless and you can't be too cautious. And I think that was probably the biggest takeaway from Sean Payton and the Broncos as a whole. We need to take more risks. Yeah. We played this game way too safe, and maybe that onside kick had something to do with it, folks. Maybe that doesn't go your way. A couple other calls don't. don't go your way. Maybe you have to play a little bit more conservative, but it's not in Sean Payton's nature to stay the same ever. Yeah. He doesn't. Sean Payton doesn't know what he's going to do. I mean, he's just that kind of cat, right? So I, I think Broncos country, we're really curious to see what adjustments specifically coach Sean Payton's going to do this week against the commanders. Cause remember Tom, he lets his guys work. He lets his coaches work. He doesn't meddle, but he yeah. damn sure holds them accountable. And if you don't think he saw problems on the defense, in addition to the offense, you're just kidding yourselves. Yeah. And and you got to take your, you got to take your deep, deep shots, but they've got to be very calculated. I mean, if you look at last year, it's 30 to 40% completion rate, a lot more, <laughs> A lot more interception, you know, uh, to to attempts when you're going deep. So it has to be calculated. So I'm, I'm not saying they shouldn't ever throw deep, but they have to do it the right way. They can't just throw deep for the sake of throwing deep, like you said. They have to go out there. They've got to work their game plan and then hit those spots when when they're appropriate. And if they get a flag, great. If they get a long pass, great. But you don't want to you don't want to just go out there to do it to do it. And and now if Sean, now this is the thing that I would say about if Vance Joseph was the head coach. He would hear that, and then he would go out there and make a bunch of boneheaded throws deep because you know he's coaches by cliche and and stuff like that. So, but I don't think Sean Payton's going to. I think he's going to be calculated with it, but he will probably attempt some more deep deep throws than uh, than we saw this last time. I agree with that, and let's give Russ some credit. Not only did he play accurate, but I don't think Russ was playing a safe brand of football just to no. protect his own brand. Just to, I'm, I still have it, folks. Yeah, we lost, but look at me, zero interceptions. Look at right. me, top five QBR in the league. There's none of that, and I love it because there shouldn't be. So I'm not like giving false credit where it's not due or anything. Uh, but 
it could be way worse. I, I think you're seeing, and the question is, right, on every telecast, will the marriage work between Sean Payton and Russell Wilson? We don't know, but I can tell you we're not going to have the answer in week two. We're going to see signs. You're going to see stumbles. It's how do these players and coaches react. Just like Mark's reacting here, as we start to finish our final leg of the show here on your Wednesday night. It's a matter of the receivers not being very talented for the Denver Broncos. And the reason I pulled this up, because Angel pops in just a couple seconds later and says, how do the Packers and Lions have better receivers than us? I don't know that it's so much a problem of talent right now with the Broncos receiving core as it is to reps. Uh, Tom, you talked about it to open the show. I mean, how many of these guys have a ton of winning football experience, let alone starting experience, period? I mean, you've got a head coach who's come in, who's had a year off of football. You've got a quarterback who's trying to have a career renaissance. You've got a rookie wide receiver out there as your returner as well. And he's going to be big this week, folks. I'm telling you, Marvin Mims. I've already nicknamed him. Did I tell you his nickname? By It's marvelous. Marvin Mims, <laughs> by the way, because Thanks. I'm telling you, I, I do believe and I think about you every time he does return the ball, Tom, just because you said it in training camp. He looks like a natural returner, not just with the way he catches it, but with his eyes, with his stride, with the way he sees the field. And I think about it every time. And your guy, Marvelous Mims, he almost got one. He yeah. almost got one 30 yard return the other day, uh, tripped up at the very last second by some backup safety. I think it was. So stay tuned. Mr. Marvelous Marvin Mims in one of my keys to victory tomorrow, dropping at milehighhuddle.com. Wide receivers, I think we're going to be okay. Woofy Mellet coming in. I like that. Woofy, what up, big dog? $5 super. VJ needs to go back to defense school. I don't know, man. He was so vanilla. I do feel like our defense was being held with no penalties. Woofy, I do like that second part because I agree. When you go back and you watch the film, there's holding on every play, right, Tom? Yeah. But Come on, man. The home team's supposed to get a, a call or two. I yeah. mean, there are some makeup calls throughout the game, but Wolfie's exactly right. And I, I said it last winter. I'm all for giving Vance Joseph a second chance because he seems like a decent enough guy. But, man, what an underwhelming homecoming for VJ. And that's what I had to write about after the game over at It It pissed me off because I wanted it to be, welcome back to Broncos country, man. Maybe this is the way it should have been the first time. That yeah. wasn't the case when you get zero sacks, Tom, zero. So I feel what Woofie's saying, man. Maybe you need to go back and have a heart-to-heart -heart with Sean. Maybe you need to look in the mirror. Maybe you're overthinking because there is such thing as paralysis by analysis. That's true. You know, I I, I don't want to, like, change the subject too much, but I've always been the one uh, of the feeling if, if it's a run play and a holding call, it should be five-yard penalty. If it's a pass play, give then it's 10. I, I, I just think that the holding – they're not that. calling holding because it's so detrimental to the offense. It's a 10 yard loss. Every time they don't call it, make it a little bit easier, you know, so they can throw those flags when there's a, like a blatant holding that they're just like, eh, whatever. We're not going to call it. That's interesting, Tom. That's really interesting. Cause the game is always changing. Right. But how do you, Hmm. I mean, interesting. Cause, cause you, know, you never lose 10 yards, not never, but right. rarely do you lose 10 yards on a running play. on a hold. You, right. you can on a sack. I get that. But on a running play, it's not, you're not, if the guy didn't get held, it's going to be a one, two yard loss at best. So give him a, give him a chance and then call a little bit more of these holdings on run plays. Make the call, man. Just like our guy Keith Brugman <laughs> makes the call every Wednesday night to rock with us here on MHI saying, always appreciate the knowledge of Thomas Luke and Mile High Insiders. We appreciate you, Keith. And 
get me in that calendar, big dog. I haven't forgot, man. Get me in. Keith's a popular guy. He's tough to tough to pin down, Tom, just like yourself. And that's what happens when you become an old man, folks. You you get a full schedule just like the rest of us. And <laughs> we just appreciate all the support and all the love, Keith. You're you're the man. Keep doing your thing over there. Really, really proud of your work. Michael is all up in it. He's already like, dude, I'm done with this Raiders game. I'm moving on. So I got to give our homie a shout out here. He's got the Broncos beating the Washington Commanders. 24 to 17. Tom, I owe you an apology because <laughs> I made you give a prediction before your pregame show on Saturday night. So I'm not going to hold you to a pregame <laughs> prediction on Wednesday nights, but this is the last time folks are going to see yours truly, right? So I kind of got to get into it. I just wrote about the keys to victory to beat Washington. That'll be pubbed tomorrow, mileidle.com. I've got it a close game, Mike. Real close game. 2017 Broncos, right? Um, I, Washington's not going to be an easy football team. Their defense is a lot better than people give them credit for. And people are forgetting who the offensive coordinator for Washington is, Eric Bieniemy. Why is that important? Not because Sam Howell's a world-beating quarterback, not because Eric Bieniemy can get the most out of Sam Howell, but because Eric Bieniemy made his bones as a running back a championship running back here at the University of Colorado where our Buffaloes take on the Rams tomorrow or Saturday rather. But look, he's running he running the ball camouflages so many weaknesses. That's why Eric Bieniemy is going to put the ball in the hands of Mr. Brian Robinson. Stay tuned for that article. Um, I've got 2017 Broncos, baby. We're going to get things back on track this weekend. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't decided yet. My, I'm still a little uh, – I'm not – I haven't moved on from the loss. So I'm like, my mind right now is like, until they, until that they can prove that they can actually win a football game. Why would I predict them to win one? You know, it's like, Oh, Todd, <laughs> look at Todd. Todd's Todd's right there with you. You Todd and Thomas, man, it's, it must be a T thing. Commander 12 <laughs> Broncos nine, like one of those heartbreaking losses again in Denver. Oh, Todd, man. Like, don't do this to me, Todd. I love that you're calling your shot because Obviously, I didn't know what the hell I was talking about last week. I thought that was going to be a, a very decisive win by the Broncos, maybe a possession or two. So this Washington football team is tough, folks. They play in the likeness of their head coach, Ron Rivera, who has some familiarity with Sean Payton, right? Sean Payton and Ron Rivera battled each other in the NFC South, New Orleans Saints versus the Carolina Panthers for a lot of years. So Sean Payton knows what Ron Rivera likes to do on – defense and vice versa right there's some tells there so i think it's going to be very interesting to see kind of a a rivalry matchup if you will between the coaches not necessarily the teams although the teams have history right i think i saw clinton portis and champ bailey both at the washington game last weekend and then it's alumni weekend here for the broncos now i mean do you have both of them just fly from washington to denver i mean <laughs> and do an alumni weekend here because you look at those teams and you remember that super bowl right washington over denver i remember um, i mean it's it's a lot of lot of history there so maybe stay tuned friday morning for legends of mile high for some more broncos commanders history yeah, I, I don't like the commanders, whatever they're calling their, themselves. I, I hold a grudge. Change them back. Change any, them back. any team that has beaten the Broncos in a Super Bowl, I hold a grudge until the day I die. So I hope the Broncos <laughs> whip the crap out of them. But uh, <laughs> we'll see for sure. Yeah, that I'll tell you, that was an agonizing loss, man, in that Super Bowl for me. It was, you know, they went out, scored quick. It was like, oh, they're going to finally, they're going to win this thing. And then the second quarter happened. And then Timmy Smith Ooh. ran all over him. But I will say this I was talking with Gil Whiteley the other day. 
he says that Carl, if you ask Carl Mecklenburg about that game, he'll tell you that Tony Lilly was paid off. <laughs> he, thinks he, he thinks he threw the game. Controversy, huh? Yeah. From, uh, the vanilla gorilla <laughs> Mech himself. Wow. That's a little bit of interesting Broncos trivia or history. And the same Gil Whitley that you could find Thomas Hall on regularly on Mile High Sports Radio. Be sure to head on over to at Thomas Hall NFL. You'll be able to check that out. Look at our guy James calling his shot. 34-14 Broncos. Wow. Rush shows he's back. Going to be cooking and running. Um, maybe you're right, James. Maybe it's a coming out party, right? And everybody – that's a nice thing. I don't think the Broncos were – they didn't, they're not a joke, right? They're not a punchline anymore. Nobody's laughing at them. They lost. And so people are like, oh, is this thing going to work? But it's the, dare I say, it's the way they lost. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, and I hate saying that because it's just, it's weak, man. It's so weak. But it was competitive. And to watch a game on Sunday and enjoy it was interesting. Not to enjoy the outcome, but I mean, so many people. Even the casual football fans, Tom, as you know, they've been checking out. The honeydew list is yeah. big on Sunday afternoons. These Monday night games, Thursday night games, those get pretty late. And there are a lot of early mornings for work and school and kids and everything like that, too. So Broncos country has been tired of getting burned, man. And, they, and they've checked out in years past. They're wondering if they need to stay tuned now because it was definitely rowdy down there last Sunday. I can't wait to see what it's like this Sunday. Um, yeah. I think folks are going to be happy. 2017 Broncos over Washington. I don't care that it's ugly. Maybe Will Lutz even gets a little bit of redemption, right? We could pl start playing the Bob Marley redemption song as soon as Will Lutz hits that game-winning field goal. Something, right? And I think Russ is going to have another complimentary game. The big thing for me, what do I want to see most in this game other than a win? It has nothing to do with Russell Wilson. How about running the ball? Can we commit to running the ball? We've been told how important the running game is. We thought we saw it at training camp. Didn't see a lot of it. Really, when you go back and you look at that game, I know, I know, I know 15 rushes or 13 rushes for Javante Williams, whatever it is. They almost broke, I think, 100 yards rushing um, or or they were close to it. That's not acceptable here in Broncos country. This is a franchise that has ran the ball historically and has done so very well. It camouflages your pass protection sets that can get you into trouble. They didn't break down completely. And how's that for a silver lining? I thought yeah. they did a decent job with Max Crosby. Well, I'll tell you, I'm not going to spoil anything. We got our pregame show on Saturday with Orange and Blue View, which was very accurate, by the way. So if you want your accurate pregame show with matchups and keys for the game, you got to check it not out. Not that accurate. You picked the Broncos to win. So right. let's, I, I just, missed you know, two let's, let's I missed throw that win. out there. I, mean, I said it was going to be a close game. I missed the Broncos winning. I missed out on Sort Sutton uh, having a big game. But I'll tell you, you want running? I got a key for the – I got a key coming up for pregame. I'm also going to write it up uh, before my analytics keys of the game coming up. Um, probably tomorrow will be out. So uh, there's some something that I saw in, in some of the data. So we'll see if it transpires on Sunday. I hope it does. Mm, should be a lot of fun. Michael, thank you so much for the support, man. Saying great show tonight, Thomas and Luke on the Mile High Insiders. Go Broncos and Buckham. Mr. Ronquillo, you are a true gentleman and a good friend of the show. We appreciate you guys so much. And oh, I think adjustments. We all want to see what adjustments are being made, whether it be coaching, whether it be with players, whether it be with execution, play calling, um, all of the above. I, I, this team needs to improve, and they need to improve now. It's refreshing to see signs of something different, and you hope that that trends into the positive direction. But it's all about results. It's a results-based uh, business, the NFL, and time waits for no one. This fan base doesn't have time. We're impatient. We're out of time.
Uh, you want time? Go buy the magazine. That's how the way it is here in the Mile High City right now. So we appreciate you guys spending your time here with Thomas Hall and yours truly on Wednesday nights where you can catch MHI at 6 p.m. Mountain. Thomas is going to be back on Friday morning for Legends. And then again, we've got that pregame show with Ron White on Orange and Blue View on Saturday night as well. Um, it's a lot of fun, man. This show used to have those Saturdays, and I miss it during football season because it was like the last pump up, right? And before the game, and you got the final injury report, you get the yep. final news, the final, all those juicy little details. And I want to talk football right on Saturday night to anyone <laughs> who's willing to listen. Maybe I'll even hop off, steal some of your show time, and just show up. I mean, it's just one of those things yeah. that's super cool that we do here at Mile High Huddle. There's a podcast every single night, even in the mornings. I mean, we've got you covered for Broncos for Breakfast as well with my guy Nick Kendall, Scott Kennedy. Uh, got some Falcons coverage as well. Got those Dirty Birds playing the Packers in that weird Andy's Toy Story game that I was telling you about <laughs> earlier. So stay tuned for that. A fun show, Tom. A fun show. It's cool to see Broncos country so passionate about their team. It's cool to see Broncos country engaged. And uh, I think all the reactions right now are, are pretty much fair. Like, okay, that sucked. What are they going to do in week two? And that's the question we're all wondering. Yeah, and it, it better be something, man. It, it, if they go out and, and they lose this game, it, it it's going to be pretty crushing for Broncos fans and Broncos country. It, it, we expect more. We, we expect more with Sean Payton and it, they need to come out. They need to come out and do the little things, right? Like I said, they need to show that they fixed those little things and they need to come out and, uh, and get a pass rush. And if they can do that, I think they can win this game. But if they come out the same similar type of play, they had yikes. No, the Broncos are going to get some sacks. They're going to get a dub. Russell Wilson's going to look good. And Javante Williams is going to get his first touchdown on the season as well. Thank you guys so much for joining MHI. For Scott, he is Thomas Hall. I'm Luke Patterson saying Broncos country. Remember the Raiders game? That was ugly. It was horrible. This is still the way. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.